Welcome back to the Fully Express Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Roland, and today is a solo pod day. It is also the last day of my 30th year on this earth in this lifetime. It is my birthday tomorrow, and I'm turning 31, and I wanted to do this solo pod to reflect on the past year and to call in the next year. And honestly, I have had a lot of trouble figuring out what I was going to say on this podcast. And every time I go to reflect on my 30th year over the past couple of weeks, it feels almost impossible to encapsulate everything that happened. It was truly the biggest year yet. I know that a lot of people say that (laughs) over and over and over again every year of their lives. And it's just true. It's the absolute truth. And I think that that's some of the beauty of healing and the beauty of living and learning. And yeah, how great is it that every year gets better and bigger and more powerful. Uh, I, I do think that that is a sign of, of learning and growing. And so what a gift that is that I have given myself to be able to learn and grow so much in the past year. Um, I did ask on my Instagram if anyone had questions for me to answer and I got a few good ones. So to help me start off and help me <laughs> to get going, I'm going to ask answer a couple of those questions because um, I think that will really open up the gates. So the first one that I wanted to answer is what's a word or a mantra that you've used to just, that you would use to describe the last year. And it might sound super cliche, but the word that I would use is healing. I truly did the most amount of healing that I've ever done. I went deeper And I healed in ways that I never knew were even possible. I healed things that I didn't know I needed to heal and that I didn't know were holding me back. So I would definitely say healing is the word for last year. And um, yeah, I can get into that a little bit more. But um, that sort of leads me into the next question, which is favorite moment of the year and why? Again, it's so hard to choose a favorite moment of the year because it was such a full year, a year that was so full of the highest highs and the lowest lows. And it's really hard to put it into words. Um, If I had to choose, though, I would say that it was probably... Early into my 30th year, um, less than a month, I sat in my very first mushroom ceremony. And that completely changed my life. It was the catalyst for everything else that happened this year. And it was also just so beautiful. Like I've sat in ceremonies and ayahuasca and mushrooms that have been incredibly difficult But that first ceremony, I emerged from it smiling and laughing. And it wasn't because I didn't see or process anything that was difficult. I did. I definitely did see and process things that were difficult. And there were moments in the ceremony that were hard. 
But overall, it was just so beautiful. And it opened my eyes to the possibilities that are out there beyond what I could ever imagine. It helped me to see how thin the veil is between what we might say is this world and the next. And it really led me on the path down exploring all different um, forms of plant medicine, all different forms of spirituality. It really helped me to reconnect to God, and um, which is a journey that I've been going on for the past couple of years. And so there are so many beautiful moments from the last year that I could pick, but if I had to pick one, it would be that first ceremony. Um, and it, it, what a gift, because that first ceremony was not only the catalyst for my own healing, but it also brought so many amazing people into my life. I still regularly work with my spiritual guide, Mandy, who facilitated that first ceremony. Um, and we got kind of connected on a whim, which was crazy. And um, from there, it led me to ayahuasca, led me to more ceremonies. Um, and I've met some of my closest friends in the world now because of all of that. So, so thankful for that. <laughs> and it was probably my favorite moment of the year. And... Plant medicine has been such a big part of my 30th year. So this third question that someone wrote was, what's the biggest gift plant medicine has given you? Oh, that's another big one. I did not prepare these answers ahead of time. I'm just kind of going off the fly. Um, The biggest gift that plant medicine has given me, I think it is the true expansion of my lens that I see through. I think that, you know, I I talk about in coaching a lot with clients, um, especially if they're brand new clients, that the way that you see the world, the way you see yourself, the way you see other people is always through your own personal lens. Truly nothing in this world is objective to us. (laughs) We interpret everything through the lens of our experiences, through the lens of how we were raised, through the lens of what we've been told, through this lens of the society that we grew up in. We see everything through that. And we all have our own very unique lens, no matter what. And I think the biggest gift is that plant medicine has helped me to magnify that lens or like magnify what it sees, what it can see. (laughs) Maybe just expand the viewfinder, whatever you want to call it. Um, But it's opened my eyes to myself, to others, to God, to spirit, to the universe, to this life, past lives, future lives, the way time is constructed, the way things are happening all at once, the way that um, your body knows what exactly what's happening at all times and how your body often has more knowledge than you do. That's a big one that it gave me. <laughs> um, so it's really just helped me to expand my lens. And with that expansion, there comes so much more curiosity 
so much less judgment, uh, so much more ease because I'm so much less attached to me being right, which is something that I've struggled with for years, actually, (laughs) this right, wrong thing that I hold on to. And it's not even about me being right. It's about this, like, like there's a right or wrong and there, there's a, um, good or bad. And, and that's actually made up. And that's something I've had to unpack for the past few years while I've been in coaching, but plant medicine has really, really hammered that home for me where that right or wrong, that good or bad is always subjective. And again, is through our own lens. So not to say that there aren't things that I truly believe are right and truly believe are wrong and whatever. And like, it's not like I've given up all of my opinions in this world or anything like that. And I'm able to meet new ideas, people's reactions, my own reactions, new situations with even more ease and openness and curiosity than I have been in the past because I just know that there's so much more out there and so much more to this world and so much more to the complexity of this world than I have ever thought before. And more more than I even know now, like even though plant medicine has shown me that, there's so much more still that I'm sure I don't know. (laughs) And... So that's a huge gift and I get to keep learning and I get to keep exploring and it can be really scary sometimes. And so I think that's the other part of the gift that because it's scary, it has caused me to develop this deep, deep trust in myself, right? Because when the world is so big, when the universe is so big, when things feel really, really scary, I have to know that I'm home for me. I have to be able to trust that no matter what's out there, I'm home. No matter where I am, I'm home. No matter what I'm doing, I'm home. And that I'm safe in my body. And that I'm safe in my mind. And that I can handle the vastness and the complexity and the unknown because I have that full trust in myself. So yeah, that's that's probably how that gift has played out for me. Um, Wow. And yeah, I haven't put that to words before. And that's, that's hitting me right in this moment, that being able to trust myself in the, in the bigness of it all. Um, has really, really impacted my life in so many ways. So many ways. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) What are you looking to bring more of into your life in this next trip around the sun? I think, you know, I was journaling this morning and I did a little hape sacred tobacco ceremony this morning to get me grounded and get me ready to to do this and also to embrace this last day of 30. And uh, what came to me was ease, which is something that I have been trying to incorporate a lot of in the past at least six months, if not longer. And I really want it to be 
fully embodied this coming year. I want to fully embody ease because though I, I cultivated a lot of ease, especially in the last half of the past year, it was really up and down and it was really hard. And I was still really attached to that roller coaster and that drama of it being hard. And I remember in my last ayahuasca ceremony about a month and a half ago, I was like having fun, (laughs) which I thought was so insane. Like I, I thought this can't be right. Like I, I must be suffering during this. It must be hard ish at least. Right. Not that I didn't have any fun in my first few ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, it was just that this was like the most fun I had had in an ayahuasca ceremony. And I was questioning it and I was like, why? Like, shouldn't I be going deeper? Shouldn't something else be happening? What's going on here? And I could feel the spirit tell me, just enjoy it. Just have fun. Just, just feel. Don't analyze. Just feel. You're right here. Be present. Just feel. Just feel. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And so that's something that I really want to embody letting go of the idea that it always has to be hard. Not that I don't think, not that I think that there won't be hard moments over the next year. And not that I believe that healing isn't hard because I think healing is one of the hardest, scariest, most courageous things that you can possibly do in your life. And it can also be full of joy and full of play. And that goes for day-to-day things too. It's not just about healing. Like something that I've been cultivating over the last couple of months since that ayahuasca ceremony is bringing that to everything. My coach, Mark, (laughs) we've had this discussion quite a few times over the last year, but it didn't hit home until that last ayahuasca ceremony where he loves to tell me that whether something is difficult is just a distraction. Like I would say things to him like, you know, I really want to do this and I really want to get this goal and I really want to make this impact and I, and all these things, but it just feels so hard. It feels so difficult. I don't know where to go. I, d- I don't know how long it'll take. It feels really hard to get myself going. That kind of thing it feels really difficult. And he said, you know, distract. it's just a distraction. Difficult is a distraction. The conversation of whether something is difficult is a distraction. You are wasting time (laughs) wondering how difficult it's going to be rather than taking action on it. And I now finally fully am able to embody that. And, you know, I feel called to share more of why that is in this moment. Um, In my last ayahuasca ceremony, though I was having fun a couple of the nights, um, the very first night, I had a big moment 
where I finally saw that I have been holding the deaths of my parents and the deaths of my puppy who passed away suddenly at 10 months old a couple of years ago on me. I've been blaming myself for those deaths. I've been blaming myself for my mom dying, blaming myself for my dad dying, blaming myself for my puppy dying. And in that first ceremony, it was almost as if I was my higher self talking to my lower earthly or even younger, a little girl self. And I was both of us at the same time. And I was like, I was having a conversation with myself and it's like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And over and over and over again, I heard myself saying that to me over and over and over again until I finally integrated, integrated it and turned it around and said, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Over and over and over again. And I just sobbed. This probably was like an hour long where it's just over and over again. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. Sobbing. And I truly had no idea that I had been holding that on myself. Well, okay, maybe that's not fair. It's not that I had no idea. I definitely have felt a lot of guilt because with my puppy... It was very unexpected. I felt like there was more I could have done. Um, maybe if I had only taken him like to the vet and let him stay there overnight. I did take him to the vet. I just They told me I could take him home. And what if I had kept him there overnight for observation? What if I had done something different? What if I had changed my mind? What if I had called my mom before she died? What if I had gotten to say goodbye? What if my parents are gone because of me? I don't know, like, that's not even a logical statement, but that those are things that I had sort of felt and not really allowed myself to fully feel. They were underlying, like, they were very small, and I would kind of let myself think them and move on really quickly and not address them, not really actually see that I was fully feeling that. And so I guess I had no idea that I was really holding that on myself, that I was really blaming myself for those things. And wow, what a relief. (laughs) What a relief to know that it's not my fault. What a relief to really, really know that it's not my fault because... (laughs) Up until the past few months, for a long time, I would tell my coach and my spiritual guide that there's a part, a big, big part of me that feels like every person who loves me either dies or leaves. They get in close. They see too much. And then they walk away. And I was really, really believing that. A big part of me really, really, really believed that. And truly, what a relief to no longer believe that, to see that it's absolutely not the truth. And it's almost as if ever since clearing that story 
from my subconscious. It's like my subconscious can now fully integrate the idea that I am worthy of everything that I want. I am worthy of having everything that I have, of going after more, of impacting the world in the way that I want to impact the world, of having the partner that I want to have, of having the family that I want to have, of having the day-to-day life that I want to have. And so ever since then, it feels like things have shifted and I no longer entertain this Well, again, I don't want to speak in platitudes, not no longer, but I mostly don't (laughs) entertain this idea of whether something is hard. Just in my day-to-day life, it's, I find myself procrastinating way less. I find myself taking more risks. I find myself executing on things exactly when I say I'm going to. And it's just these small moments, even little things like paying a bill or checking the mail or whatever it is that, you know, a lot of us, I think, use as micro moments of getting, getting off, honestly, like that stress of like a last minute thing is actually an addiction to drama an addiction to getting that hit of being almost a failure and then not or something like that. And I operated that way for a long time. I was a big procrastinator. I really struggled with it. And I would get so angry at myself at the same time, but couldn't stop. And it's almost like my subconscious now knows that I'm actually worthy of ease. I'm actually worthy of having a joyful experience in every little task. And it's been absolutely awesome. (laughs) It's been so great. And I'm so, so thankful for that shift because I've already seen great returns in my work and in my life and in my personal life and just my day-to-day happiness. So I'm so grateful. Um... Gosh, I guess that one, that was all from what are you looking to bring more into your life in this next trip around the sun? So yes, the answer to that is ease. (laughs) Okay, next one. What would, I got two versions of um, a similar question. So what would 30-year-old you tell 23-year-old you or what do you wish your younger self knew? Um, I guess for me personally, going off of what I just shared, I wish I knew a while ago, like really knew, subconsciously knew and integrated it, that it's not my fault. And I trust that I learned that lesson at exactly the right time. And I wish that for myself and for everyone that we can all see that we are worthy of everything that we want, right? Like truly. And I think that's really hard for most people to wrap their heads around because worthiness feels like this thing that we need to prove. And trust me, I've been there. Like (laughs) even as a coach who really focuses on helping people with their self-love and their self-worth, 
I've struggled with it. And I've, and there will be times with my coach and my spiritual guide where, where they'll, they'll be like, Christina, this is another self-love conversation. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like I'm so sick of having self-love and self-worth conversations. Like when am I going to be done? When am I going to be done? When am I just going to fully love myself every day, every moment? Like when, when am I going to be done? And so I get it. It's, it's, um, it's that word difficult sometimes, right? Uh, and I think the bigger thing is that it's difficult to wrap our heads around that we don't actually have to do anything to prove it. Is it really useful and powerful to build trust with yourself and to build self-love through your commitments to yourself? Yes. I think that committing to yourself and following through on those commitments are powerful ways to develop self-love because you, you build that trust. You show yourself that you are backing up what you say that you, if you follow through on a commitment that you've made to yourself, say, for example, just like, I don't know, going to the gym five days a week by following through on that commitment you're signaling to yourself, I am worthy of being healthy. I am worthy of the experience of feeling proud of myself after accomplishing something I said I was going to accomplish. And that's how I like to frame goals from a place of self-love. And I think it's such a beautiful way to develop that self-love and self-worth within yourself. And again, you still don't need to prove anything. (laughs) So I think that's definitely one big thing that I wish I really, really knew and understood a long time ago. And again, complete trust that I'm learning it all in divine timing. Something else that I think I wish I knew a long time ago is just how intelligent my body is. And just how much it holds. Because a big theme of the past year has been healing my body through somatic experiences in ayahuasca and breathwork and mushrooms. Um, Even just day to day, like dancing around and shaking my body and letting stress responses go. um, Because it's become so clear just how much that is held in my body. And I don't think that we're taught that. And even if you're not having like chronic pain or some um, really tangible physical manifestation of it, we all can feel each other's nervous system responses, right? Like you can feel when you're with someone and they are at ease and they're calm and they're, and they're full of joy and they're just like, you know, they're just happy and <laughs> maybe not even happy. Like maybe it's just like easeful. They're at peace, right? You can also feel when you're with someone and they're super agitated, they're stressed, they're overwhelmed, they're, um, <clears throat> they're not feeling well, they're feeling weird about themselves, they're feeling uncomfortable, whatever it is. And it's not even by actions or words. It's like you can feel the vibration off of their body. Right. And I don't think that we are taught enough about how much that impacts our experience of life 
having our own systems not regulated and also being around other people whose systems are not regulated on a regular basis. And so that's something that in my healing I've really benefited from and learned from so that not only is my chronic pain lessened as I've done all this healing, but I just generally have a less agitated nervous system. And what that looks like for me is that, you know, I always give the example of anger because I think anger is an emotion that we can often all feel very viscerally. You you can like feel the heat rising in your body. You can feel your muscles tense. Maybe your palms sweaty. Maybe your hands um, tighten into fists or whatever. And it's a very like jerk response in your body, like knee jerk response type of thing. And for me, it would happen really quickly, almost unexpectedly. Like I'd be holding it and holding and holding it in until all of a sudden it exploded in my body. And it never felt good. And I don't want to villainize anger because anger is not a bad thing. That's something else that I've learned over the past couple of years. Anger is not bad. Um, it's the expression of anger that um, is is what impacts yourself and people, right? Because um, I still don't want to name it as being bad. <laughs> um, and it didn't feel good in my body to have that response regularly. And so now when there's something that annoys me or frustrates me or angers me, I'm just so much slower to respond in such a way that activates my body that activates my nervous system, that gets the heat going, right? It's just a lot more like, okay, you know, it's all, it'll be all right. We'll figure it out. It's all right. And I truly think that that nervous system activation from our emotions is what causes people to act in really hurtful ways. Like I remember some of the times I've hurt people the most of my life. I didn't want to. I didn't mean to. Things came out that I didn't even fully believe. And by healing that nervous system trigger response, it's so much easier to be coming from a place of love. To come from a place, again, of curiosity, of lack of judgment, of how can I love you through this rather than show you how angry I am? And so to me, really fully understanding how much your body plays into your own healing, not only can heal chronic pain and other disease, um, but it can also impact your mental state really powerfully as well as those around you impacts how you respond to things and to me also helps change the world because we're all just humans interacting with other humans nervous systems truly like even a stranger you go to the grocery store and you talk to someone you can feel immediately are they friendly are they not and it sounds so cliche, but I think we all know how like a smile and a laugh from somebody can completely turn your day around. 
And people with healed nervous systems, less activated nervous systems are more likely to give that out, more likely to give that joy, that smile, that ease. And so I think that's something that I wish I had started learning and focusing on a long time ago. Um, And I hope my prayer is that we continue to spread that message to people throughout the world in the coming years, because I really think that will help so, so much. So, so, so much. Um, yeah. Wow. I'm running out of time here for myself. (laughs) It's such a few full days around my birthday before I leave for the West coast, um, on Thursday. And I guess I should address that (laughs) because I've talked about it a tiny bit on Instagram and things like that. But I am pretty officially moving to the West Coast um, on Thursday. I'll be taking a week to drive across the country to Sedona, where I'll be doing a three-week training that involves a little more breath work, some sound healing, energy moving, how to hold space for people. It's it's something I'm so excited about. So, so excited about. and excited to bring to y'all. Um, definitely online, but hopefully in person. Um, very, very soon. And then I'll be moving to San Diego County. So north of San Diego, Beach Town. I haven't found a place yet, but won't get there till March and still looking and trying to figure it out and complete in complete trust that the right place will manifest itself at the right time. And this decision was something that honestly shocked me. <laughs> because a year ago at this time, I had just left San Diego, actually. My best friend Seb and I lived in San Diego last January for a full month. And that was a really hard month for both of us in a lot of ways. But at the same time, uh, it was also really fun and I really loved it there. And when I left, a lot of people were like, Are you going to move to San Diego? You seem so happy there. Like, I bet you're moving there. And I was like, No, no. Uh, You know, I really like it, but I think just for like part of the year, you know, like ideally I would do like most of my time in Chicago, sometime in DC and sometime in San Diego. And um, I was like, you know, San Diego is almost like, it's wonderful, but it's almost like too slow, right? It's almost too slow for me. And, and so like, and I said that up until like August, (laughs) but after doing more healing, going through my mushroom ceremony, going through a lot of subconscious work with Mandy, um, doing ayahuasca, lots of different things. In August, um, I felt called to put together a mushroom ceremony with Mandy in San Diego. So I got talked to her, talked to a few people. We put together the ceremony in August, flew out there, and we had a beautiful, beautiful ceremony. But even apart from that, I was just reminded about the fact that, for one thing, I already have such beautiful community there. I have amazing, amazing friends who are in this coaching space, in this healing space, who I really connect with on a really, really deep level. But not only that, but the potential for community is so great. Because in the past year, I've shifted a lot of my lifestyle. I no longer really drink. I've drank two times in the past seven and a half, eight months. 
Um, I don't really go out to restaurants as much as I once did because I have found that a lot of different foods are sensitive for my body. And a lot of the culture in places like Chicago and DC where I've spent most of the, my life for the past few years, the culture surrounds stuff like going to the bar and going to restaurants and things like that. And I have no problem going to any of those places and not drinking or not eating or trying to find things that accommodate me. And I just wanted more, you know, like I just wanted more options, more things to do, more people who felt the same way where they were creating spaces and events and, and places that don't revolve around those things. And I saw that in San Diego, like the one night we were there, we went to a breathwork on the beach that was for free with like over a hundred people. I'm like, I was like, this is the thing I want to be doing every weekend. literally. <laughs> so that's part of it. And then another part of it is that like, truly, as I heal my nervous system more and more, I crave more ease. I crave more slow pace. I don't need the sounds of the city anymore. I don't need to be able to um, walk to a bar anymore, anything like that. I, I really do crave the ocean and the waves and the sun and um, that slower, slower pace. So I'm so excited. I'm also a little nervous. I'm sad to be leaving my family on the East Coast um, because they are such a huge part of my heart. And um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely sad to be leaving my family. Um, I know that I'll be back frequently. (laughs) And it's definitely a lot harder to get back here than it was when I was in Chicago. And so that's a little scary. And, you know, there's always that fear of the unknown. Like, do I think that I'm going to really love it in San Diego County? Yeah, I do. I think I'm going to really love it. I think it's going to be really amazing. And I could be wrong. And I'm open to that possibility. And I know that if I'm wrong, I can always come back. I can always go somewhere else. I trust myself. I trust myself enough to know that I will know what's right for me and then I'll make the right decisions um moment to moment day to day so funny I think I used to I think part of why um looking at this next year has been really hard for me is because I used to think into the future in that way like what's happening in the next year what what's what do I want to happen in the next five years right the infamous question where do I want to be in the next couple of years And if the past year has taught me anything, which it's taught me so very much, (laughs) that I have no idea how I'm going to feel or what I'm going to think even a week from now, let alone a year from now. So I'm leaving a lot open to possibility. I'm leaving a lot open to possibility. And so I trust that I'll have safe travels and I will experience a lot in Sedona and then get to the West Coast and settle in and all that stuff. But other than that, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I truly don't. And I'm okay with that. And I think that is one of the best gifts that I have given myself. So thank you. Thank you for being with me on this ride. Thank you for being with me on this journey. I am truly so grateful 
for each and every one of you and and people who don't listen, who I cross paths with, I'm so grateful for. Like, it's just such a gift. Every moment is such a gift, truly. I don't say that lightly. Every interaction is a gift. Every interaction goes deep into my heart and soul. So thank you. I love you guys so much. Love you all so very much. And here's the next next year, next year of my life. <laughs> if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'd love to connect more. And I hope that you make today the best day that you've had yet. Till next time. Thanks for listening to the Fully Expressed podcast. If you liked what you heard, I would be so grateful if you would hit that rate and review button and leave us some love. If you want more content, more interaction with me, you can find me on Instagram at Stina, S-T-I-N-A-E, Roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D. I'm so grateful for you and I hope that you make today the best day yet.